0: relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Good afternoon, everyone. We've got Tom Gallucci here, Vice President of Business Development with the Mortgage Collaborative, and joined on TMC Connect today to talk about e-mortgages and the the path to e-mortgage adoption. Leading our discussion this afternoon would be Mike Kaverke, Senior Product Manager, specific to e-mortgages with Fannie Mae. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great, Tom. Thank you. Mike, if you would, can of give us a
0: little bit of an overview leading into uh, this discussion you know, kind of for our audience to understand objectives that uh, we look to take away?
1: Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Some of you folks may recognize me or my name. I've had the distinct opportunity and pleasure of participating in a couple of TMC events in the past, speaking on something that's really important to, to Fannie Mae and me personally, and that's e-mortgages. It's something that I've been involved with at Fannie Mae actually going all the way back to 2005. And I've been involved in both helping develop the technology for Fannie Mae, the requirements that we have around the mortgages and the digital closings and selling us e-notes, e- as well as working with our, our technology providers and our customers, really all the different stakeholders in the industry. So this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And I really love opportunities like this because a big part of what our group does in my, uh, is, is really support our customers through both education, helping them understand both the benefits of e-closings and e-notes and mortgages, some of the terminology, but, but more importantly, what it takes to make that transition. What are kind of s- some of the key lessons that we've learned? Where, what are the impacts? What technology is needed? Where are the kind of operational and the business changes? And, and importantly, what's required by Fannie Mae? to enable our customers to deliver e-mortgages to Fannie. So it's through events like this that I'm able to communicate broadly with our customers. And so I I absolutely appreciate the opportunity to join you guys today.
0: Well, we're privileged and thrilled to have you, Mike. I know just in our past experience with the Mortgage Collaborative, always been a great resource on the e-mortgage topic in general and, and really the different elements to guiding lenders to adoption and just past events that we've had conferences that we've had you come join us and speak. So it's a pleasure and a privilege to have you again. You know, on that note, why don't we jump right in? The first question I wanted to, uh, to lay out for you just to set the tone here is, you know, from your perspective, where is the mortgage industry in terms of e-mortgage readiness and adoption?
1: You know, Tom, I think that's a great question because I think we're in very different places right now when it comes to readiness and adoption. You know, we've spent a long time talking about hurdles and obstacles to e-mortgages. And I think that the good news is that many of those hurdles, most of those hurdles really have been resolved. You know, going all the way back almost 10 years ago, Fannie Mae actually began working closely with, with Freddie Mac on, on identifying and addressing some of the obstacles to to adopting e-mortgages. And, and many of those obstacles were really just about the, the readiness and the uh, participation of, of key stakeholders in the industry, important business partners to to our lenders. So that may be servicers, that may be warehouse banks, that may be technology solution providers, the federal home loan banks, other investors, Jenny May and other aggregators. There's lots of other participants in the industry and and really ensuring that all those partners are ready and lined up and able to support particularly our electronic notes has, has been a, quite a bit of work. But uh, we've gotten to a point now which, you know, Ten years plus later, where we have this excellent participation by by the key stakeholders, and because of that, it's really opened the door for for more and more of our customers to be able to make this flip and to be able to to, to originate loans digitally with electronic notes and mortgages. So that, that's great news. I think that you know, largely speaking. From a readiness perspective, we're in great shape. Many of the technology providers now are supporting this. Most of the key stakeholders, whether it's the investors, the servicers, the Federal Home Loan Banks and Ginnie Mae have both come in just over uh, the last few months and stood up programs. And so from a readiness perspective, I think we're, we're very, very much there. From a uh, an adoption perspective, we're really at the very beginning. You know, the, the deliveries into Fannie Mae, we're still seeing single digits in terms of the 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 percentage of loans that are originated and delivered to us as e-mortgages and there's tremendous value that our customers can get from doing e-mortgages so uh, i'm excited that we're starting to see significant interest in adoption particularly with with now COVID 19 and and the focus on social distancing and and providing options to, to borrowers to both reduce the paper paper and enable social distancing during closing we're starting to see a, a tremendous interest in, in lenders implementing e-mortgages. In fact, we've had more lenders be approved to deliver e-mortgages to Fannie over the past three months than we saw over the prior probably 10 to 15 years. So uh, it's it's clearly, it's it's time for this now. The focus is there. And, and, I'm, and I'm pretty excited about it because of the benefits it provides our customers.
0: Yeah, Mike, you're spot on. I mean, I feel like we've We've had this proverbial discussion for years on end about, you know, whether certain events in the industry were that tipping point for more broad e-mortgage adoption too, especially the mid-market players in the industry. And it feels like definitely with the needs that COVID presented to be able to present remote close options, that we finally have in trying to make the best out of a tough situation, that catalyst that's driving you know, your your lenders across the board really looking to see what they need to do to implement e-mortgage and having, to your point, the technology providers really in place to support that adoption. You kind of alluded to it a bit here in your response, but, you know, I'm curious from your perspective, what do you see as really the core remaining challenges out there for e-mail mortgage adoption industry-wide?
1: You know, I I think... it's funny as i as when I started this years years ago, you know the, one of the big challenges was were just was legal concerns and issues and, and fortunately, we're well beyond that um then, then the primary challenges really became stakeholder adoption, and I think we're largely upon that. um I think the challenges now are more about scaling, you know certainly as customers are turning on the ability to originate loans digitally they're they're not doing it all at once, and so they're starting in a certain state or they're starting in a certain channel. You know, there, there are intricacies around doing this because of limitations in some states around or some jurisdictions around e-recording or even some states around electronic notarization. So as they start to do this and they start to turn turn kind of the tap on, they have to manage both the e and the paper simultaneously. And, and that is a real challenge is creating a new process and then maintaining and managing disparate processes while you while you try to move more business over to that funnel. And I think you know it, it, because we're in a purchase market right now, it, it can be even more challenging because a lot of the loans as as you know are are closed through independent settlement agents. And so a lot of times the settlement provider, the closing provider that's actually conducting the closing, does not have, always have a direct relationship with that lender. And so being able to deal with disparate settlement agents and and being able to coach them and teach them how to conduct loan, c- closed loans digitally and being able to do that fairly rapidly and, and at scale can, can really be a challenge until I think more and more of the settlement agents have both developed a comfort and expertise around conducting these closings digitally, we're, we're finding that some of the early adopters are still doing a lot of education among settlement agents. And I think that's certainly a big challenge in terms of scaling. You know, I think another piece of this is around the data that needs to be collected and, and delivered. So as we have new processes and new requirements, sometimes we have new data. I know particularly at Fannie Mae, when you're delivering a loan to us digitally, we want to know clearly if there's an electronic note because there's a lot of automated processing associated with that. But if the loans are closed online using what's referred to as a run process, we're asking for a special feature code to identify those loans and other investors are as well. So the ability to collect that data and ensure that data is accurate and pass that data, you know, it has to be incorporated into the systems. I know there are still many, some of the vendors out there that are critical to our customers really haven't developed what I would say full support for a seamless digital closing process and edocs into the solutions. And so some of the workflows tend to still be a little bit clunky as as our customers try to scale. So I think that the good news is that the vendors have finally begun to focus on this and resolve some of these workflow challenges. And so we're we're seeing it's becoming easier for our customers to really put these digital processes in place. But I think the more important point here is that there's always going to be challenges. And rather than focus on the challenges, I think it's important to just pick a place and get started.
0: Oh, exactly. I mean, I I really couldn't agree more. You know, if you're not, starting down that path of implementation and adoption, you know, you're still gonna have those hurdles to go through. And I think we're fortunate too that as you know more lenders are are getting involved in a fully mortgage process, to your point, you know, it's more opportunities to work through some of those workflow challenges and create those solutions, you know, for the loan volume that comes down the line. I've got to, you know, I've got to ask since We've seen a lot more lenders, especially over this past year plus, really look to you know, implement a, an e-mortgage strategy. You know, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned with working with so many of your lender clients at Fannie Mae in guiding them down their e-mortgage roadmap? That's a great question, Tom.
1: And I've had the opportunity to work with lots of Fannie Mae customers that have implemented e-mortgages. And I think there's a real significant difference that there's a group of customers that have really focused on operationalizing this and scaling this, and really begun to see those advantages. And then there's another group of customers that implemented this, did a couple of loans, and put this on the shelf, and, and and have really wished that they had probably made this a more of a priority pre-COVID. But but lots and lots of things. You know, I think some of the things that really come to mind is, you know, first and foremost, electronic notes, electronic closings, particularly with e-notes, have just tremendous impacts all throughout the the organization, and so. It's really important to have a, a really a broad group of individuals within the company from all the different function areas participate in, in this initiative and, and really be, be committed to it for it to be successful. You know, when you're, when you're originating electronic note, it, your pre-closing people, your closing people, your post-closing people, your secondary marketing people, your legal folks, servicing folks and delivery folks, all these different groups are gonna be impacted by this. Lots of benefits, I think, I'll go all the way around. But you know, having having really a an executive level commitment and, and really driving kind of broad involvement, I think, is, is critically important and and really can make a big difference. Another big piece we've seen is just around the technology partners and the fit. Although e vaults and e closing platforms, at, at some level, you know, you may view commodity because they all kind of do the same thing. There are tremendous differences among r- with respect to the capabilities. Of the the platforms and, and and the vendors themselves and kind of what their vision is and their roadmap in terms of how they want a, the product to be evolved and we've seen all too many times where a customer had an existing relationship with a vendor began that deployment with that vendor and then came to understand that they just had a very different vision um, than that vendor or that or that vendor was was not the best fit for them and had to stop and then restart and it really impacted this so. You know, really looking at the vendors, understanding, you know, it's not it's not just about the pricing, it's around their capabilities, or it's around it's around really the the, the roadmap and and what it how do you want to interact with the borrower, not just at closing, but potentially prior to closing, and even after closing, and, and what what capabilities does this provider offer? And so looking and making sure that you're comfortable with your vendor partners at the outset is just is critically important. You know, a couple other things I would I would call out. It's difficult, I think I said earlier to start e everywhere. there are s- still um, although the note can be signed electronically in in, in all f- states and jurisdictions, um, there still are some jurisdictions where electronic recording may not be available and so they still still paper may be required. There's still some limitations on electronic notarization and so you know pick a place to start and and test and learn and begin to get some comfort with this and then figure out how to roll it out. but I don't think you know if, if you're waiting, where you can do everything E with everyone all the time, you're going to be waiting a long time. And so I, I think just at least getting started, there are a lot of technology providers that allow you to pay transactional pricing. So you're kind of paying by the drink versus having to, to make a huge investment upfront. So I think there's some options to be able to get started without it having to be too much of a, a tremendous investment. Again, I talked about being able to leverage this and, and get folks bought into it. We've seen a tremendous difference. Customers... In terms of their ability to really generate volume through this, whether that's you know getting key stakeholders involved early in the process, their settlement partners. If they've got cabinet of a captive settlement partner, oftentimes the loan officers within the organization can play an important role in helping drive business through that through an e-channel. Um, we've seen customers that have gone out and done kind of educational lunch and learn sessions with realtors in in geographic areas to be able to develop. Kind of a preference for them in their in their closing process and be able to generate new business. So you know, I think there's lots of strategies that can be effective in 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 helping kind of push business th- through this channel. But but it's important to focus on that piece as well.
0: I could agree with you more on you. Know, you touched on it early on about you know taking into account the customer experience that you know a lender would want their borrower to have, and that's been a common thread that I've heard with some of our members that have gone down the path of e-mortgage adoption, thinking about you know the experience they want their client to have. And, and typically that's then guided their path on, on kind of what to attack first. You know, I want to pivot over since as we start to get more familiar with the different components of e-mortgage and what it takes to adopt, there's been a lot of inquiries around e-notes and in particular, as it relates to loan delivery and servicing. And I'm just curious from your perspective, specifically how e-notes do impact loan delivery or loan servicing.
1: Yeah, so the delivery piece is actually the the most significant piece. And this is where one of the biggest benefits to our customers' lies. And this this, this certainly came up with uh, the recent COVID challenges where they're in the paper world where they're having to endorse notes and then deliver them to custodians for manual review. In the e-world, that, that is replaced by very efficient automated electronic processes. So our customers, um, in order to be approved to deliver us e-notes, they have to have something that's referred to as an e-vault, and it's an electronic storage mechanism for e-notes, and it's connected to the Mersey registry, enables all the participants in the industry that to touch e-notes and play with e-notes to be able to communicate with each other. So when a customer is delivering us an electronic note, rather than shipping that to a custodian and endorsing it, they're actually going into their e-vault, or they're reaching out to a warehouse partner if they're using a warehouse bank and that, that would have an e-vault as well. Um, wherever that note is stored, if, if they're using a warehouse partner, they would have transmitted that after closing to their warehouse partner. Um, but at time of delivery to Fannie, they're identifying that loan as a loan with an e-note and they're going into their vault or their warehouse partner is going into their vault and transmitting that directly to Fannie Mae's vault. Now we don't require our customers to utilize custodians for if they're selling us an electronic note, and in fact, that note comes into our system and is, is automatically uh, reviewed and certified by our system, such that they can deliver us loans um, at the end of the business day, and they can be instantly certified for purchase that day and funding the next day. So it it eliminates that shipping. It eliminates lost notes. It it, it is a, a extremely instantaneous and efficient certification process that our customers have got great visibility into, and it's something that they're they're very excited about. So. That, that particular aspect of it has been a tremendous asset to our customers during, during COVID. And that's something that they, they test as part of their onboarding process is the ability to use their vault to do that transmission to Fannie and receive the, the, the note back from us if necessary. And then all the rest of the documents that they may send to a custodian would typically be held in the servicing file. So they're not dealing with the, the custodian at, at the delivery and that process is efficient and very automated. And then, and then from the servicing perspective, There's not much different about servicing a loan with an electronic note because the servicer is not touching the note that much. There are some processes related to life of loan events that have to be updated on the Mersey Registry. And so they're using the same e-vault that a seller would use to go in and make updates to the Mersey Registry um, to reflect things like payoffs or modifications. Um, And then there are some differences in the foreclosure process. And so we provide some information to our servicers so they understand how that process works, how you get the loan back the note back from from Fannie Mae in order to enforce it and then there are some other intricacies around some things like New York SEMAs and, and other items. Um, we require our servicers to just uh, update servicing procedures to reflect uh, a handful of items that are unique to enotes and then to have that evault in place to be able to communicate with MERS and that's really what's required to be approved to service enotes.
0: Makes a ton of sense. So then, I guess specific to e-notes, you know, can they be executed uh, via remote online notarization, or run as most people know it? And does Fannie Mae have any restrictions around that process? So,
1: boy, that's a topic of tremendous interest these days. Clearly, with 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 the the public health crisis and the the interest in closing loans online, you know, I th- I'm I'm excited to say at the outset of of COVID nineteen, um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did get together and both expand our the number of states, the group of states, which is, I believe, at 46 now that you can conduct um, RON closings. Remote online notarization, also known as RON, as well as a line on, on the overall requirements around that RON process. And so those have been published by by, by both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and their aligned requirements. We do permit the, the note to be signed uh, electronically through through that RON session. The, the, the RON provider would have to be on Fannie Mae's approved list if the note is being signed through that through that platform. And we do have a published list of of uh, technology solution providers that are able to execute the note electronically. If the note is not being signed electronically during that Ron session, then it, the Ron platform would not need to be on our approved list. But if they are executing the note, which they are they are clearly able to do through that platform, then it would be have to be a platform that we had um, completed that assessment on in terms of their eNote capabilities.
0: But let's talk back. You know, specific to eNotes, yeah. Maybe you can guide us through kind of how a lender could get approved for eNotes, and you know, I guess a little bit along the lines of how long that process necessarily takes from uh, from scratch to finish.
1: Sure. Now, my, the you know, the, the timeline is gonna, is going to depend upon a number of factors, which I'll talk a little bit about. But generally speaking, our our process for approving lenders. Is, is really a consultative one in that it's we want them to understand what our requirements are. We're, we're here to support them kind of through that journey as they're getting these pieces put in place. And then at the end, we just want to do a, a, an assessment to make sure that b- both the technology is in place and kind of the operational processes are in place such that they are able to meet our requirements and they understand our requirements. And so we'll tend, we, we tend to start out with having a brief uh, discussion with the lender. Where we'll walk through a, a readiness checklist. It talks about from a closing perspective, from a delivery perspective, and the servicing perspective, what's required and kind of where those key impacts are. And, and then our customer will then, will then take that readiness checklist and then begin to work on those items. Sometimes they'll come back to us throughout that process, or sometimes they they're very self-service. But that will involve identifying vendors. It'll be working with MERS to get set up on MERS and complete the necessary testing with MERS. Uh, there's some testing that's required with Fannie Mae and our eVault to make sure that we're configured uh, correctly to receive loans from electronic notes from you. There are items related to the delivery process, the ability to populate that indicator flag in the delivery file, the ability to uh, uh, the understanding of how to use that eVault to complete these basic business functions. So getting the training from that eVault provider. Quite often our customers got third parties that are involved in the process. So if they have warehouse bank providers that are critical to the process, getting their agreements in place with them, completing any testing with them, these would be items that would be part of that checklist. And if they have a servicing partner or a subservicing partner, understanding kind of what the process is for onboarding those loans and, and roles and responsibilities and requirements with those partners, getting those things ironed out as well. And so, what we, we present that to the customer, we kind of talk through these items at the, at the beginning of the process. Typically, it will take them anywhere between three and six months to work on these checklist items to get set up with MERS and vendors, sometimes much longer if, if it's a new vendor and they're having to onboard a new vendor. But once they've completed that vendor piece and tech, the technology, updated their procedures, any integrations they, they need to have completed, then they'll come back to, uh, to my team. And we'll go through a kind of a final readiness assessment call. And we are really just looking for their confirmation that all these pieces are in place. They understand those requirements and they can meet them. And then we have a very brief addendum that gets added to their contract to reflect that approval. So that from the time of that final readiness call to their ability to deliver is really just about two or three days. But I'm typically finding about three to six months of, of work getting the pieces in place, getting the partnerships, getting the agreements in place they're willing to, ready to do this. I think that, that, that would be on the aggressive side, um, sometimes much longer. But if you're really committed to doing this, I, I think three to six months would be on the short side.
0: Well, I can really appreciate that perspective. And, and naturally, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of variables that can play dependent on the the lenders readiness and and willingness to go full bore into aligning all the different components necessary. But I appreciate that perspective there. Yeah, I really appreciate the time again, too. I thought this was a great opportunity to provide some great original uh, educational resources for lenders within the collaborative and abroad, you know, getting deeper in the weeds in the process of adopting and considering e-mortgages and kind of aligning themselves to do so. Hopefully... Uh, the next time we get to talk, Mike, we get to do so in person. Uh, but again, Mike, Fk, really appreciate the time. And uh, I can't say too, for lenders that haven't taken a look, You know, it's worth the visit to the Fannie Mae eMortgage website, the microsite, and take a look at that eMortgage readiness checklist. Fannie Mae
1: has some great resources on our eMortgage page. So please visit FannieMae.com and search for eMortgage
0: or e-closing. Mike, I just really want to thank you again. We so appreciate you taking the time to share your expertise and your experience uh, and just the support that you've provided from a Fannie Mae perspective for our members uh, as it relates to e-mortgage and e-mortgage adoption.
1: My pleasure, Tom, and thanks for having me. And I really look forward to hearing from more of your members and helping them get on the e-mortgage bandwagon.
0: Absolutely. Well, pleasure as always, Mike. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today on TMC Connect with Fannie May. And look forward to catching up with everybody soon. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.